Welcome to Photo Mission Focus Discussing Photography. Hi, I'm Steve Finkel. On this episode of Focus, I'm going to ask the question, is photography dead as a lot of photographers know it? And what I mean is, I think everyone's probably recently seen the very fast advancing AI sector where the technology is moving at you know breakneck speed. We're seeing the that technology develop so quickly and becoming so powerful and becoming so realistic that I think a lot of photographers are really starting now to think about the future of photography and thinking about, well, is photography over as we know it? You know, when I grew up and I first fell in love with photography, the thing was it was being able to point the camera at something, capture an image and be able to preserve that moment, that slice of time, just basically freeze it and capture it so you could play it over and over again by showing it to people, you know, as many times as you like. And, and, and that was one of the things I suppose I loved about photography is that it gave me the ability to freeze life, to freeze, to freeze those moments. And that's what I've always considered photography to be about, is about moments. It's about capturing that moment and being able to replay that moment and share it with people. Because, I mean, we can't all be in the same place. And this is what, I mean, the power of photography, since photography was invented, that it allowed people to be taken to places that they had never visited. And I think that was the appeal that people could see something in another country. They could see some important event happening and it be captured by a photographer and those images being shared to basically let everybody join in on the experience and not the fact that they're not actually physically there, but the photographs are such a powerful medium that they took people there, they transported people to that place. And there was a certain amount of people believed, and I think in the early days photography had had a reputation of being a very truthful representation of what happened. And over time, obviously, that has eroded away with, obviously, as photography progressed and more and more parts of photography you know, could be changed, that it was no longer always about what the camera saw, that, that 125th of a second or whatever it was uh, in front of the lens that, yeah, sure, we've seen changes through post-production and that where people have been able to manipulate the images and change things. But I think the we're starting to see now, and I think people are even, like I've had a lot of conversations with people over the last week or so, just talking about photography and where 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 is it heading? What's the future of photography? And I, I know some people are kind of even virtually nearly hitting the panic button thinking that it's over. And I think I think the way you've got to think about it is photography can live however you are passionate about photography, whatever you feel about photography, however you... However you, whatever category you put photography in, that can, that can remain, that the status quo can remain. You don't have to comply with everybody and start, you know, making images using AI. You can continue to shoot with your camera. You can be true to photography. And I think it's time, like I suppose, for people to start thinking about who really, who are really passionate about photography and really passionate about the truth in photography and what photography has meant to them over all the years that there's a 
I suppose it's a point in time where sometimes you've got to take a stand and you've got to be able to maybe stand up for photography and in photography as you know it. And I think it's time to kind of start putting, I suppose, truth back into photography so people can actually, if you take an image, that they can actually believe what you're presenting them did really happen. It wasn't a figment of your imagination. It actually was an actual event. By coming up with, I suppose, a way of letting people know that your photos are truly photos. They're not a digital manipulation. They're not a a digital image that's been created from code to make it look like something. It's actually something that you had happen in front of your lens and you were able to capture it as a as a as an image and been able to present it. And I think it's time, like I said, that for for us to even think about how do we how do we make sure that people know it's real and how do we how do we put that get that message out there and I, Lots of people will have lots of different ideas listening out there how you actually do it. But, I mean, one of the simple ways, I suppose, we could simply just come up with a hashtag where whenever you posted a photo and it was a what you considered to be a real photo is to put something to let other people know. Like, you know, there was a, a campaign in Australia with food that was supposed to be healthy for you. So it had the heart tick. So besides all these foods were healthy for your heart so basically to let people know what was good for your heart and what wasn't the stuff that was good for your heart got this you know got this label attached to it to show people that this is the real deal it's this is this has been tested and it's all it's all okay well with photos it's kind of like i said we don't currently have something that we you know a sticker that we can put on the photo and say this is fully certified 100 percent certified photograph because we haven't needed to do it so there hasn't actually been a need to actually kind of validate or prove photos a photo up until now but I think times are changing and the speed that things are happening I think is just really that's what's taken people by surprise you know when we went from the film era to the digital era it was a very long slow burn people had plenty of time to sit back and watch what had happened and people could basically take their time to transition from film over to digital if that's what they wanted to do. Some people still remain shooting with film. And even people today, there's people today who have continued to shoot film their whole lives. They haven't stopped shooting film because it's something that for them, there's a certain amount of truth in it. And that's for them, it's true photography in in their eyes. And everybody's everyone's opinion of what true photography is will be different. We're all going to have a different opinion of what is a true photograph and what is true photography. And a lot of people will think that the new technology will produce true photographs and that's people's opinion and they're quite welcome to have that opinion because everyone looks at it differently. But I think from the photographers who have been shooting for a very long time and have probably come from the film era into the digital era, this is this for them is kind of another one of those moments where they can see I suppose the value of photography eroding away even further and look it's been photography as a, the value of photography has been eroded over many many years of you know changes and things that have happened and you know once upon a time photographers were very respected highly skilled bunch of individuals because quite often the equipment 
most of the equipment that they used to shoot was totally manual. So you had to set all the settings. You had to understand film. You had to understand the limitations and you had to work, you know, in a given situation, you had to work out how do I get this photograph using what I have available to me within the camera and the film and that type of thing. And people would be, people became very creative the way they actually captured images and using what was available to them and doing it in a way to get the very best result they possibly could with what they had. And those people, like I said, are probably some of the people who are sitting back now thinking about the whole AI thing is, is being kind of the, the deaf, the deaf of photography. And I think, I don't think photography will ever die. It's, it's something that it's been around for way too long. It's like a lot of things that we see have changed in the world and things like, you know, in music, you know, most people, particularly in my era, would think of music originally would think of an album, think of a record that you know, it's a piece of vinyl with these tracks in it that you'd play on a turntable. And as time changed and things became digitised and things like CDs and even cassette tapes and those types of things, that there was many, many other ways for people to capture music. And so these days, like a, a an album, which people will still call an album, but it's digital, like sometimes there's not a physical presence, where to me an album was something... It was this 12-inch record in a cardboard sleeve, which you could physically hold. Now you download an album and just recently downloaded a new album by one of my favorite um, singers. What, what have I got to show for it? I've got a bunch of files on a on my device that I can scroll through and I can play those songs. I don't physically have anything I can pick up and hold or read or anything other than the information that's contained in those files and the information that comes up while those files are actually playing. So it's really changed the way, you know, music has happened and, and photography has been on this evolving platform where things have been changing over time. But now, like I said, we've got to a point where someone can produce an image of something without ever picking a camera up. They may never have owned a camera they could... Basically, if they had access to a computer and the right software, they could basically design something and come up with an idea. And quite often, it's going to be a combination of things that it's going to be things that maybe they've previously seen in photographs and they're going to recreate it. So, I mean, it's now possible, I suppose, for people to recreate some of the greatest photographs ever taken by using AI to do that. But then are they photographs? Or are they just digital illustrations? And I think this is the part where people will have these different, differing ideas about what what a photograph is and whether some of these images being created by AI are still considered to be photographs. And for some people, they will. For other people, they won't. And again, it's going to be an opinion thing where you're going to have everyone's going to have their opinion on what it is and what it should be called. And I think for me personally having grown up with around film in a dark room, a photograph for me is is that result of that moment in time being captured on film and then being printed as a print and the final result is the photograph. And to me that's like that's true because it happened. And I think these days, like I said, we're seeing so much stuff that's fake. And and it's there's kind of even a in, in some areas, there's a hunger for people just being 
not even wanting stuff to be real anymore. They just want it to be, I suppose, the way they want to see the world. So sometimes, which is fake, some of the stuff we see, and particularly stuff like people who love, you know, reality TV and who sit there and they just love watching all this stuff unfolding. And, you know, in the back of their mind, they're probably realizing this is not really not really how life happens and this is probably not really how these couples or these people are interacting that they're actually doing something for the camera for the tv to make a to make some entertainment basically so it's but this is where i think the lines have got incredibly blurred about what is real and what is not real and i think the one of the interesting things about how people perceive things is some of the longest running you know soap opera type shows where the characters are, you know, there's all different characters in there and there's usually the good characters, there's usually the villain-type characters and and quite often the people who are playing the villains are the nicest people in real life that you could ever meet. But, you know, as a part of, their, as a part of that show, they're a villain and that type of thing that sometimes when, you know, fans would meet the actors that played these parts in real life, they'd actually have a, have a bias or have a, hatred towards somebody because oh you're really mean to you were really mean to Charlene you did this you did that or whatever and people have sometimes have a problem distinguishing what is real and what is acting or fake and I think that's that's always been a problem like I said people have always kind of got very invested in some of these programs where they actually start to believe that these characters and what they're doing when you think about it, there's been a lot of, you know, going right back to the time when wrestling started being broadcast on TV and you had these larger-than-life wrestling characters jumping around the ring and pile-driving people into the ground and doing all these things. It was it was showmanship. It was a, it was actually a, a show. Like, they were just putting on, like, a pantomime. It was basically they were acting out, you know, pretending that they're trying to kill each other. And at the end of the day... Really, what it was, it was a form of entertainment. But some people got really you know, heavily invested in that, but and actually believing it to be, to be really happening, and not that it's not being kind of, I suppose, staged. But it does happen, and it's happened in lots of times in life where sometimes people have actually even done something to prove a point, and a whole lot of people actually believe them. And then when they go back and go, actually, no, I didn't do that. That was actually all done it was all done to deceive people and then some people then wouldn't then wouldn't believe that answer they go no no you really did that and people go well no I didn't so it's kind of interesting how we can how we can get caught up in things and how people can I suppose learn to think stuff is real when it's not real and like I said for photographers we've always probably had a looked at the world in such a way that we knew what was real and when we do post-production, we know what, you know, is faking or what we're adding to it. And for some reason, when you're, you know, creating a photograph, and particularly, you know, if you're creating a photograph for a, say, for a, um, to use as advertising or a poster or something, sometimes you want to have some elements in there that, to tell the story that you're telling about whatever the event is. And sometimes you have to invent some of the parts. So some of the parts in there aren't actually real. You're going to actually invent them. And they might be because you've you've staged it where you've shot it in such a way 
and you've had items floating in the air, suspended by fishing line, very cleverly disguising the fact that they're actually hanging from the ceiling, but they're actually look like they're floating. And done that as photographers, we've done types of things like that for years and years and years, but it was kind of done for a particular reason. And I think like when somebody, you know, people then started, I suppose, faking things like UFOs where they'd build a model and they'd throw it up in the air and they'd photograph and go, oh, this UFO whizzed past my house last night and here, here's a photograph I got of it. Again, people were learning how to kind of, I suppose, manipulate what the camera saw and then pass it off as something completely different. And I think this is this has been one of the things that's been happening for a long time, but now the technology is so good that it's very hard to distinguish what's real and what's not real. And I think that's where I think people are worried about that when they do take a genuine photograph that people, and if it's, say, if you take something that's really outstanding, that's a really, you know, incredible moment that you've captured that a lot of people won't believe it. They'll just say, oh, it's really cool. That's a really cool picture. But, oh, did you Photoshop it? Did you do this? Did you do that? Did you use AI? How'd you make it? Looked great, but how did you make it? And I think that's what some people are actually worried about, that, that that's going to be lost, that people are not going to believe that it is a photograph anymore, that it's some type of digital uh, creation that um, come up in someone's head and they've been able to design it and print it and make it this print or make this um, image on a screen look a particular way and it may never have happened. So that's why when I first started talking in this episode about photographs and real is it like I said? Is there a is this a time now to start kind of coming up with that marking or that that validation of what a photograph is, so that people who are producing photographs um, in the traditional way and, and the way that I've kind of grown up to understand what photography is, that they have a way of actually branding it as this is a photograph, and this is a digital this is a digital recreation or this is a digital illustration but and this one here is a photograph and i think is it time that we actually start thinking about doing that to kind of try and i suppose protect photography so it doesn't kind of just get lost in this big soup of images because i think that's what's happening at the moment is we've got this enormous melting pot of images and just everyone regardless of what it is we'll call it a photograph and not necessarily in the eyes of some people it's not necessarily a photograph it's like I said it's it's something completely different and I think if we continue to just let things sit and not kind of I suppose put some type of protection around uh, photography and the way that you know an image is captured and look this happens in lots of different areas you know there's there's grand old buildings that are absolutely fantastic and they represent a time that's well past, but, you know, it might be the workmanship, it might be the style of the building, it, it could be a whole range of different things. Quite often there's, you know, protection orders put in place of buildings so people can't go in there and clad it, you know, this, you know, building that was built in the 18th century and, some, you know, come along and just clad the thing in a bright, shiny aluminium cladding and completely change the look of the building have this thing in Australia where, like I said, they have heritage laws where some buildings get heritage listed and basically it protects that building from ever being modified 
to or, or to look like something it's not. It's to kind of preserve that its heritage, to keep it real. So as future generations come along, they can come back and they can enjoy that and understand that, you know, this is how things were done back in this period of time and it's very different to the current period of time. And sometimes, like I said, it's worth, I think it's worth fighting and protecting stuff. So we keep that kind of history because I think it's always good to look back where you've come from. And I think we are always looking forward to the future and things are going to evolve and change. And, you know, in the next 10 years, I mean, I think everybody's going to see so much technology, particularly in the area of digital imaging, all these types of creative fields where AI and a whole range of things can be used to create a whole range of things that once only could come from a person's mind who'd sit down and someone would sit down and you know at a piano and they'd write a piece of music and you know they'd just have this idea that would just come out and then they would turn it into notes and start playing it before long they've actually made this piece of music and it purely came from something inside people and I think that's what happened with photography that people will go out and they'll have an idea and they'll create something they'll they'll look for they'll look for a scene to 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 shoot and they'll create something and they'll wait quite often you know it could be days and days waiting for the right I suppose the right light the right yeah, you know, everything about it. So some people I know, you know, who go off and trekking and they want to get a particular photograph and they've got an idea of the photograph and even though they could manipulate the image and by doing things to make it easier, for a lot of people it's it's really about being authentic to the photograph but also being authentic to themselves that they're not actually wanting to go out and do it the easy way of by faking something part of it and then but they want to actually try and get the light falling that way without maybe introducing artificial light. There's a whole, like I said, there's a whole lot of people who will go to these great lengths to capture something in a way that they uh, feel it's a truthful way of capturing it. And again, that's what I think I love about photography, that there is people out there who actually are, who will go that extra mile, who will do that extra, they'll go the hard yards to basically capture something using, you know, their camera and capturing something in front of that camera and be able to produce a magical image based on the fact that they've dreamed this up and they've been able to use their camera as the medium to be able to capture it. And they haven't taken shortcuts. They haven't tried to fake it or manipulate it or or do it in a way to deceive people that when they show you that person, somebody that photograph, they can kind of stand their hand on the heart feeling really good about the fact that they've been able to capture something and it's been truthful. It's been absolutely 100% truthful. It's no, there's no trickery. There's no magic being woven into the image. It's basically very truthful. And I think this is one of the things that I think it's a good conversation to start with people. And look, with your fellow photographers, just start the conversation about where they feel photographs are going. What is a photograph? And maybe we've got to start maybe using the word photograph pretty sparingly like don't use it for don't yeah at the moment it's so easy to put it on to anything we see that's an image however it was created people will immediately the default setting will go to whether i call it a photograph and this happens lots of things in life you know with different different products and different appliances and different things you know there'll be a brand that'll come out 
making something. And then every other product that does a similar job, quite often people will call it by the brand name. And, you know, one comes to mind is that Hoover vacuum cleaner. In some countries, you know, that's the thing where people go, I'll go go Hoover the carpets. It, it's only because that's a brand they know, but they probably might be doing it with something, a completely different brand of machine, but that action's kind of been given that name. And I think this has happened you know, in lots of different areas in life where we've had things that have been taken on a, I suppose, taken on a name of something. And I think that's what I worry about. The photographs are going to be kind of hijacked to the point that everything that's a, everything that's a, an image that can be shown on a screen or be printed on a piece of paper is going to be lumped into the same category and be called a photograph when a lot of them are clearly not photographs, in my opinion. You know, like I said, everyone will have their opinion on this, but I think it's a good conversation to start with your group of friends, particularly if you've got passionate photographer friends, to sit down and actually talk about the fact about what is a real photograph, how do you feel about AI, how do you feel, you know, how do you feel that we should move forward, is it worth kind of protecting, is it kind of trying to work for heritage to list what a photograph is, and have some way of actually letting people know who are viewing that photograph that it is actually a real photograph that was actually a real moment in time. It was captured with a camera. It might have been, you know, 125th of a second or whatever it was, whatever the exposure time was, but that was an actual real event that happened in front of the camera. And I think it wasn't staged. It was purely just grabbed that moment. And then again, some of the most, I think, some of the most amazing photographs are it's it's all about timing that people have just been able to press the shutter at the exact right time to get that reaction by a person that look on the face that the look in the eye the way the mouse being held all these little elements that then for the viewer tell so much about what's happening that they've just caught something very special and again I think that's why we should celebrate what a photograph is and what a real photograph and we should really strive to try and work out a way to, like I said, protect it. And like I said, let's let people know it is a photograph. And like I said, put that brand on it, put that tick, you know, that good heart tick or whatever it is, whatever it is you feel that will work for you. And like I said, in the digital world, it might be a hashtag, it could be something else. But I think if we use the word photograph applying to what a lot of people consider to be photographs and we label other stuff as being digital creations or something similar that you know this is oh this is a digital creation that I did oh and here's a photograph I took and I think that's be a good way to healthily speak about it to be able to basically put it out there so basically people know you know what what is what and there's no confusion because like I said we're living in a world seems to be that we're living in a world of where there's so much fake stuff happening and people are happy to to kind of live in that world. They're happy to have that fakeness. Some people just don't care. And I'm, I know like with, you know, particularly with like brands, there's so much, you know, counterfeit of these high-end fashion brands that people will buy these counterfeit items and they'll wear them and they wear them like they're the real thing. Um, they don't care that they're fake. They want to, for whatever reason, they want want to have that kind of that designer shirt or that designer bag or those designer glasses or whatever it is, even though, like I said, it, it's actually not not real. 
that some people are really comfortable with that. And then there's other people who wouldn't actually use those items because for them, they're more purists to where they, if they wanted, you know, to wear these high end fashion sunglasses, they actually want to be, they, they want them to be that brand. They want them to be the real deal, not a, not a counterfeit or a fake. And again, but people are different. Everyone's different. Everyone has their opinion. So I've been, and everyone out there listening will have, like I said, I have different opinions on what they believe is, is acceptable and, and what they're comfortable with. And I know, like I said, for myself, I much prefer to have the real things that are actually real. And I know some people can't wait for that. So they will actually gravitate towards the, the, the items that are, like I said, a fake or counterfeit. And I think that's happening, like I said, in photography more and more. And like I said, be great to be able to protect photography. Be great to be able to, I suppose, protect what is a photograph, and and the legacy of the you know the word photograph by protecting it by somehow you know wrapping it in cotton wool or whatever just to protect it so that, that it kind of stays true to I suppose its origins where it originally started and then all the new technology we should have like I said. A whole brand new set of language around that and it should be then you know referred to correctly and it's differently sometimes too when people do use different terminology to identify different things sometimes you know people get quite upset when someone uses the wrong terminology around something some people know that's not correct you should be calling it this because it's that and again yeah I think it's just time to call it out and I think the the thing about it is I had a conversation with a friend and <clears throat> we're saying that no one no one company or no one entity is going to come out and try and protect photography and protect photographs. It's going to have to come from the community. So it's going to have to come from the people who are passionate. I mean, it's like the people who keep film photography alive. There's a group of very passionate individuals who love film photography and they believe and they believe that's real photography and the results of those are real photographs. And that's fantastic because a group of people have been able to keep that alive and then more and more people have come on board to appreciate that and actually invested in that whole in that whole idea of keeping something alive and keeping it true to its name. So in this episode of Focus, I've been talking about the idea of what is a photograph? Are we losing photographs? Should we protect them? Should we really think about how we protect photographs and keep them true? So I hope this has got you thinking and maybe you'll sit down with your group of photographer friends and start those conversations and maybe come up with your own way of, of putting that label and how you you know distinguish between what's a real photograph in your opinion and what's a digital illustration. Until next time, this has been Steve Finkel for Photo Mission Focus discussing photography. See ya. <laughs>